You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You push play and they'll push the limits. Boy time here, and we are back with another episode of the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast. Woo, fellas, 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 how about oh, them cowboys? No, wait, this, this <laughs> podcast is going a totally different direction than it's supposed but, to. Before we get into that, I want Gary. Gary, didn't you get have a special family member added to the to the clique no, this 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 weekend? I didn't have anything special happen, really. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I, I, I I had something special happen this oh, week. Oh, what did you have happen? I had the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, nice. Getting uh, a little love from the Green Bay Packers. Not a little bit of love, a lot of love. Jordan love, that is. Um, wow. I, I was not expecting this. I really wasn't. I mean, it was a beautiful gift. Uh, to get this weekend because not only did they get beat, they got absolutely hoodwinked. Embarrassed. Yeah, it was it was amazing. But I'm not even gonna get into that. I I, I want to get into this because I know Gary's gonna hate me for this, but I am very impressed with Baker Mayfield. Um. I, for a very long time, I know Gary has been hating on him on this podcast. I'm not really sure why he does not like Baker Mayfield, but Baker Mayfield took a team that Tom Brady took to the Super Bowl. Minus some players, AB obviously not there, uh, Gronk obviously not there. So with less talent, Baker Mayfield is taking his team to the playoffs and winning playoff games. I just wanted to give Baker Mayfield his flowers before next week because, I mean, he might be one and done, but the one he did get was nice. My question to y'all, my question to y'all, Gary, before you get into this Baker Mayfield thing, is I'm not a quarterback. I'm not a quarterback at all, and I can't speak from a quarterback's perspective. But I'm a firm believer that there's something else going on with Jalen Hurts than his middle finger because the the Eagles started out on fire, bro, rolling during the regular season, and then he dislocates his finger, and then the whole damn team stopped playing football. I want to know what y'all think is going on with the Philadelphia Eagles and Jalen Hurts uh then versus what was going on now all right well let's start off with uh baker mayfield um because you gave me two things i've never said i hate baker mayfield i said from the get-go i have stated i do not think he is a franchise quarterback the savior the browns thought he was going to be Everybody was crowning him the savior of the Browns. He was going to be the future. He was the franchise quarterback back when they drafted him. I said, no, he's not the franchise quarterback. I stand by. I don't think he is a franchise quarterback. Do I think he's a serviceable quarterback? Yes. Do I think he can start some games in the NFL? Yes. Do I think he's somebody you can build your team around? No, I do not. Um, I just don't. You said less talent. They lost AB, which was a distraction. 
Uh, they lost Rob Gronkowski, who Rob has only been with Brady, so we have no idea other than with Brady how he is. And they had the same Mike Evans. They still have Chris Godwin, who got hurt last year uh, before the playoffs. They have the same players on defense. They have all-pro safety. They have uh, all-pro – hold on. First team all-pro safety that didn't make the Pro Bowl, though. Make that make sense. Um, really? Noise behind me. Hold on. You said who's behind you? Something's making noise. A little monster, it looked like. Um, uh-huh. um, and then when it comes to Jalen Hurts, I believe at the beginning of the year, I said, who do I think is not going to perform the way that everybody thinks? It was Jalen Hurts. I think people have figured him out. They is not that he is not the amazing quarterback. And now the big question is, does this fit the trend that's happened previously with quarterbacks that once they get paid, they fall off. Like that happens quite a bit in the NFL. Once quarterbacks get paid, they just disappear. Jalen Hurts got paid in these last six games going in the playoffs. They look terrible. Now you saw his finger. You saw his finger on the sideline, Gary. You saw his finger. I've seen other people's fingers. I'm I'm, now. You know damn well that that finger didn't look like it was. It was more than dislocated. Then don't play in the games. If it's that bad, right? If you're costing your team games, don't play. Gary, Gary, it's a double-edged sword because one, you just seen that I got a whole bunch of money, so they're paying me to get on this field. And not only are they paying me to get on this field as a quarterback, they're telling me that I am better than our backup quarterback, even with my jacked up finger. So with that being said, you're saying that the coach's decision on playing Jalen Hurts, that's not on Jalen, that's on the court. No, I agree. I also think the coaches make some terrible calls. If you want to talk about one of the games where they ran the ball, two QB draws, a swing to the backup running back, and then you didn't throw to one of your – Top receivers that have over a thousand yard receivers uh, yards receiving you have two of them, and you had your QB run twice to beat the Cardinals. That is, and you still couldn't do it. That's a problem. That's on play calling. Is hold on. Is this the next uh, Seattle Seahawks where the coach is tied to the quarterback and does whatever the quarterback wants, like uh, Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll were? Not giving Marshawn the ball. But th- that's the thing, though, man. These quarterbacks get paid so much money now. You have to you have to lock in and kind of ride with the quarterback. Well, uh, that or don't pay the quarterback that's not worth that that much money. Like, what do you? The Dak is in the last year of his deal. Is he going to get paid? Yes. Should he? No. Gary, now hold up, man. Hold up, Gary. Like, <laughs> why, why? So, I. I let me see how I want to put this. I, it's tough to get into the playoffs. It's even tougher to win a playoff game. And it's like really rare to go to the Super Bowl and win it. Mm-hmm. Um, but with all that being said, I'm a firm believer that you make your checks in the regular season. And I think Dak has done that. Dak is probably one of the greatest regular season quarterbacks to ever play in the National Football League. Dan Marino. Uh, Dan Marino. Dan Marino made it to the playoffs. He just never can get to the Super Bowl. He went to the playoffs all the time. He just never can get to the Super Bowl. 
Zach Prescott. And won some playoff games? No, uh, Dan Marino couldn't. Yeah, Dan Marino, he's made it multiple rounds in the playoffs. He just can never win, get to a Super Bowl. He could not get to the Super Bowl. Tony Romo. Tony Romo won a playoff game. The interesting stat is literally the Cowboys have won one playoff game in 25 years. No, three in 25 years. Yeah, well, there's like a 28 years since they've been to the conference finals. Yeah, three – Three wins in the playoff in 25 seasons. That is terrible for the team that's supposed to be America's team. Right. That's what's crazy to me is how popular they've been able to stay. So that's that's kudos to Jerry Jones. If you can be keeping himself in the media. Yeah, you can tell. Like, I I don't understand what Cowboy fans – like, Cowboy fans are very delusional. Okay? I'm I'm going to give you the reasons why Dak – is very similar to what you said, Gary. He's a so everything that you said about Baker Mayfield is Dak Prescott. Now I could get behind you on that, but Baker Mayfield again. Uh, he got Evans. Who else does he got? Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin's a top thirty receiver in the NFL. It's thirty-two teams, Gary. I know. And he's a top 30. I can't, I can't believe you. You <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm letting you know that Baker Mayfield, um, he, he showed up, played football, and um, did what he was supposed to do. Um, yeah. I'm not even going to go there. I'm not going to go well, there because you know, time, time is real sensitive about his well, Dallas Cowboys. Um, wait, wait, wait. That's not my Dallas Cowboys. I mean, I uh, do You claim here. them. You claim them. You claim the Cowboys. Well, you know what I'm saying? It's like the hometown team. You got to pull for them when you're there. And then look. Oh, now, now oh, you want to hey, bring your son into This the was the little monster that was running around behind me. I just found him. That's, that's what you were denying earlier when I asked you if you added a family um, member. Wow. Yeah, this is Anubis. He's he's joined. He has joined my my bro, my brood. Yeah. For those of you that are listening to the podcast, there is yes. a French bulldog being shown in Gary's square. That is right correct. Now. It is Anubis. That's ugly ass dog, dude. That's an ugly ass dog. <laughs> hey, when, when he gets here, eat That's his legs off. Dog. Eat his legs. Look like, at that guy. I, I mean, I get it. I get it. Like, I mean, I'm a I'm a come to love him. But that motherfucker ugly. I, I will say this. I have never understood the the Frenchy fanatics. Because it does. Like, it yeah, it's, like a, it's like a great dame made it with a rat. And that's <laughs> the offspring of the dog. Yeah. He's, I, will he's, say, I will say Anubis is one of the cuter ones I've seen. But I have seen some that are pretty, bro, pretty yeah, rough. If Anubis is one of the cuter ones. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) My precious. Right. Hey. And just for reference, because I know people may not know, uh, Nubis is a reference to the Egyptian uh, guardian of the afterlife. That is what Anubis is. It's the character. It is a from the Egyptian mythology. Those of you don't know, Gary's a huge, huge fan of Egypt. 
Yes, I had a dog named Cairo and a dog named Nile. So. Yeah. And he actually is uh, getting a mail order bride from Egypt. Yep, I already got him. He's already here. <laughs> He's already here. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> what we hey, got after that, guys? I know. Well, like, let's finish the football so then we can get into like the the other stuff. So we got Green Bay. We got Green so, Bay. To be honest, when this started, hold on. When this when that game started, I had Dallas winning over Green Bay. I don't think anybody expected what? that to happen. I definitely had Dallas beating Green Bay to start. I didn't I think, think Green Bay was going to win. Green Bay beat Dallas because I don't like Dallas. Yeah, but that's just that's that that's all the reason why you picked them because you don't like them. Realistically, nobody picked Dallas to lose that game. Um, but I had them losing in the second round, so I didn't have them going anywhere. Obviously. Neither one of us was dumb enough to pick them to go to the Super Bowl and win it. I'm not going to mention any names of somebody who did, but I will mention the name of somebody else who bet on them to win the Super Bowl. His name is John Povolonis. Uh, he bet on Dallas oh. to win the Super Bowl. And I said, that is the oh. dumbest bet you have ever made. They don't win playoff games. When did he make this bet? Before the regular season? When the playoffs started. <laughs> Hey, listen, listen. That that cannot that cannot be held against him because John Pavlonis has found love in Dallas, and because of that, he that's probably visited, why Dallas lost. He has visited <laughs> Dallas too many times, and the the fans of Dallas have infected his brain because it's happened to me. It happened to me. I thought this was the year. I thought they were going to the Super Bowl. It's because I've been here too long. I allowed the Dallas fans to rub off on me. And that's what happened to him. The Dallas love has rubbed off on him. It clouded his better judgment. And now he is out $10,000. I can't believe he bet that much on the Cowboys. <laughs> oh, he's, I have no idea. Craziness. Dallas doesn't win the playoffs. Don't bet on him. So let me make sure I get this straight. He saw how they ended the regular season, and he still put that type of money on the Cowboys. Oh, I don't actually know what he put on them, but I just know he had what them to win. What does Any yes. type of money, a dollar, two dollars, fifty cent, that's way too much to put on Correct. the Cowboys. I'm asking. Yes, so he, he did. he knew that they were going in the way that they were going in. Yes. Okay. So I, I'll tell you how I feel in terms of I thought Green Bay – would beat Dallas, but I didn't think Green Bay would beat Dallas the way that they beat them. Like uh, manhandled them. They manhandled them. It it was it was it was bad. It was really bad. Like to the point to where all my friends that are Cowboy fans did not answer the phone. I was just, only, I only know one of those, right? Or two? There two? Yeah, two. Yeah. I I called them, no answer, because you know I want to call and check on them. When you get beat like that. I don't you know. Got, you, you you hung you up got, on me when I called you with San Fran the other day. Uh-huh. You hung up on me when I called you about San Fran the other day. Yeah, I was, was doing a wellness I check. Ready. I wasn't ready. I wasn't <laughs> It came out of nowhere, Gary. I didn't know you was going to act like that. I was just giving a wellness check. I was making sure yeah. everything was safe. That's not well, what you did, Gary. That's not what you did. That wasn't a wellness check that you gave me, Gary. I don't know what that was. It wasn't a wellness check. It wasn't a wellness check at all. It always uh, is a wellness check. Yeah, but you got Green Bay and San Francisco. Who wins that game and why? 
I think I remember I said San Fran in the Super Bowl. So I think San Fran's going to be in the Super Bowl. I don't think they lose. They're not Dallas. They're not going to play that way. Okay. So we got. And we got, I, I, I honestly, I think, I think San Fran has more weapons. Well, we, 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 we do. I know. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Like they have, you have Christian McCaffrey, the best running back in the NFL. Yeah. You have Debo Samuel and you have Brendan Ayuk, two great receivers. But now, CeeDee Lamb's probably arguably one of the top three best receivers in the league this year. But that's all they had. You have Brandon Cooks, but you couldn't count on him, and you don't really have anybody. And then you have George Kittle, one of the best tight ends in the league, literally the best statistical tight end this season, uh, yards-wise. So on offense, and then you have Brock Purdy, who in some some people's manners, a game manager, but gets the job done. So, like, you have guys everywhere on the field on offense, and then defense – they have a great defense. Dallas was supposed to have a great defense, but uh, didn't show up in the game. So, yeah, I don't. I will. Now, granted, they did lose their second best player on that defense in the beginning of the year to a torn ACL, their corner. But still, yeah. Even with you saying what you're saying right now, Gary, I I think I'm gonna put this loss on the Cowboys' defense because at at mm. some point, so I'm gonna tell you why. Because during the course of that game, when it was starting to get out of hand, the Cowboys' offense started to come alive, and their defense still played dead the entire game. Yeah, but all they needed was a stop. But you also let them go 27 unanswered points. So your offense didn't do anything until there was 27 points on the board. That's an offensive issue too. I think it was a whole team issue. Personally, and then I think Green Bay took the put the, took their foot off the thr- uh, throttle at the end and let Dallas get back in. And I hate when teams do that. Just put seventy on them if you have to. I don't care. Don't give them a chance to get back in it. Uh uh-uh, uh, Gary. Uh uh-uh. uh. You're not gonna do that. You're not gonna do that. I'm gonna give you this. I'm giving you this. I want to make sure you see this. I'm gonna tell you why you see this and how why I feel the way I feel because. We just had – we didn't have a conversation on the podcast, and we can have it right now. Just last week, Gary, we was having a conversation about Jameis Winston and him making a team decision on him deciding to hand the ball off and let Williams get in to score a touchdown because they was running the score. Coaches got in midfield, and everybody had their way with it. This is the reason why you don't do things like this because teams can come back. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I have no problem with what Jameis Winston did. I think the only sort of bush league thing was you lined up to kneel down. Every defense knows when you line up to in, for the kneel position, they're not going to go. They're going. They're not. They're just going to stand up. So that's a guaranteed gain. I think that was more the bush league thing. To me, you just change the play and call a run. Don't go out of the kneel down formation because now that the defense has already stopped at that point. Gary, that ain't got shit to do with us. I'm no, I'm saying that's the only bush aspect. But when I line up, Gary, on offense, regardless of what I line up in as a defense, you should be ready so to counter whatever I throw at you. So you never had to when you were in the kneel down formation, you were 30 yards behind the quarterback. You never had to be at the line when the, let the D line tee off on you when that happened. I don't want to do that. <laughs> no, I, I had 
seen that, bro. Yes, I'm it has. It doesn't happen. But that's the thing, though. It doesn't happen often. Yeah, but when if he decided yeah. that's what he it wants will, to it do. It will next year. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going I'm to tell you what I thought was funny from this weekend. Watching the, the Buffalo Bills-Steelers game. So, Allen, Josh Allen, was running all over the Steelers. The one time that he won a quarterback slide, a defender blasted his ass. And he got flagged for it. And I'm thinking, I'm like, yo, this dude has been running up and down. He didn't know he was going to slide. He been running up and down the field, running people over and shit. Stiff up Cam Newton. He was Cam Newton people out there. And then the one time that he won a slide, he get blasted. And I'm not really sure if it was even illegal or not. So I have a problem with the QB slide in the aspect that so many quarterbacks use it at the very last second. And as a defender, you can't stop from hitting them. If they've already committed and your body already left to tackle, you can't stop your body if they start to slide. So I hate that aspect because they're going to wait to the last second anyways because they want to draw a flag and they want to get as much yards as possible. But I think it should be let slide. And then if, you're, if you have to make it where something, it's reviewable, make it reviewable in the box where it's not something that happens on the field that they can review it and decide if that's a flag or not. Because to me, it shouldn't automatically be a flag because the defender's at a disadvantage. Sort of like what that happened in college with Kenny Pickett. When Kenny Pickett did the fake slide, they stopped because he was getting ready to slide, faked it, and kept running. Yeah. Like that, you can't, that stuff can't happen. I, all the time, yeah. I, that's, I, I was just like, I, I was trying to figure out what he wanted him to do because I was like, bro, the last run Josh had, it was a 52-yard touchdown run. He come back, same kind of play, and the, the defender was like, you know what? We're going to stop all this. And, and I'm okay with it, Gary. I'm okay with the player uh, laying down the gauntlet from a standpoint of, okay, if there's a quarterback out there that keep putting his life on the line and he's successful at putting his life on the line, I'm gonna make him think of. I'm gonna make him second guess it the next time. Like I'll take the 15 yard penalty this time, but I'm gonna change your whole running style as a quarterback. Well, because, go ahead. Yeah, because because I think Cam did it. Cam was best. You know, like he would run out of bounds sometimes, and then sometimes he would catch you on the sideline and run your ass over. So mm-hmm. at that point, NFL refs wasn't giving Cam those calls when he was getting hit. Because he had a uh, he had the ability to run out or run somebody over at 260 pounds. That's a lot of correct. That's a lot of meat. Well, if you look at the run that Josh Allen had, he stutter stepped like he was gonna go down and then kept going. Yeah. Like if you watch it, so he stuttered like he may have thought about sliding. It's like no, never mind. And that could have been why he broke that initial tackle that sprung him for the whole for the touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was bad because I, I was like, it looked, you know, what it looked like it looked like whenever it's real cold, everybody's playing in the snow and nobody can run right. Because right. and I was like, I wonder if it's just that cold or if they thought he was about to go down, so that's why they stopped running after. Him. Well, I will tell you, in the uh, Kansas City game, they looked like they were scared to tackle Patrick Mahomes when he scrambled one time. Nobody would even yeah. try to tackle him. And that stuff's so frustrating to me because I just don't understand from the defense. I never 
never in my life had a, any defender decide not to try to tackle me. And I guess that's today's times. They're now afraid to tackle uh, because they don't want to get fined and stuff like that and all the different rules. But, like, I never had that opportunity to not have a chance for somebody to try to tackle me. And seeing other players get that blows my mind. I always had my knees taken out. Never had, oh, I'm going to try and tackle. Nope, they're going right at my knees every single time. Which is funny because uh, I feel like you'd be much more difficult to tackle than Patrick Mahomes as far as. Correct. <laughs> size. Maybe maybe they just feel like they're a bully if they tackle Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> or they may get fired well, by the NFL. Right, right. Uh, but, you know, kind of going back to the Cowboys, you know, obviously here in Dallas – a lot of people are calling for uh, Mike McCarthy to be out of a job. So you guys have been in the NFL. What's y'all's takes on, um, you know, a team doing well in the regular season like the Cowboys did, uh, coming up short in playoffs and all of a sudden everybody's asking for their head coach to be fired. What was that like when y'all played? Did y'all ever have a coach that was y'all, – y'all played well and then y'all had like a bad look in the playoffs and everybody's saying they need to be fired? Dude, every year Mike Tomlin is fighting for his job. He's never had a losing season. He's gone to the Super Bowl and won it once. But because he hadn't been able to get back, uh, his job has been on the line. It seems like it, there's – it's not that anything, like, um, like substantial or anything, like, um, that we know from the front office that they really want to get rid of him. But I'm talking about the – the, the chatter around the league or around fans is like, hey, you know, Coach, we, I mean, we go to the playoffs every year, but we're not getting to the big show. We, we need to find somebody to get us to the big show. Well, Mike McCarthy, <laughs> it, it's funny because every Cowboys fan, including you, Tom, y'all want Bill Belichick. You do realize that it wasn't Bill Belichick that won those six Super Bowls. It was Tom freaking Brady. You don't have a Tom Brady on the Cowboys team. Dak Prescott is probably the next closest thing to Tom Brady. So that's how we know you're lying. So this is the guy who's LeBron lover, so obviously he's a Dak lover too now. He's not real in his right mind. Well, no, if you think about it last night, I mean, yeah, Dak had some bad interceptions, um, but he didn't have his defense that, you know, the, the you know, Football is a two-sided sport. Tom Brady had elite defenses that played with him a lot of times. Don't yeah, don't give me that face. Come on now. You're going to tell me Tom Brady statistically carried all those teams himself? No, he had a great team around him. And, you know, that's – so Tom Brady's really like the ultimate game manager if you think about it. That's how he knows he's a liar. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to tell you how good Tom Brady was when he played for the New England Patriots. Everybody that was on that offensive line that went somewhere else was trash. That let us know that Tom Brady and his uh, clock management skills, one, two, three, balls gone. Uh, Five-step drop, balls gone when I hit my fifth step. Seven-step drop on my seventh step, balls coming out of my head. It was all about timing with him to the point to where he had two or three, four, five, or six Pro Bowl guys. I don't know if you remember this, Gary. Do you remember his left tackle, Light? Uh, yeah. Light, he was an all-pro guy. He was Pro Bowl. 
uh, signed a deal with another team and was trash. There's a lot of those guys. There's a lot of those Uh, guys from the Patriots that were that way. Nate Sauter was another one. That's that's what I'm saying. So when you're that good, where you make everybody around you good, that's that Michael Jordan effect. You know what I'm saying? Um, And when I say LeBron LeBron James. Yeah, those Lakers are really good. No, no, no. It's the Michael Jordan effect where you literally make everybody around you better and good. Scottie Pippen. Um, His Scottie Pippen, uh, uh, Tom Brady's Scottie Pippen was Gronk. Gronk. His Dennis Wes Welker. You know, Julian Edelman. Yeah, there's a a lot of. Randy Moss. Like, I used to think that Wes Welker uh, was one of the best slot receivers. To play the game. Until he went to Miami. And I found out that it had nothing to do with him. And it had everything to do with Tom Brady. So everybody that left Tom Brady's team that we thought was elite was just a regular player. It's it's the same thing with uh, Peyton Manning, too. Like Dallas Clark. He was known to be one of the best tight ends in the league. When he left Peyton Manning, you never heard of Dallas Clark again. No. Like – the quarterback can really make players, and that's why Gronk said, I'm only going to play if it's with Brady. That's why he's like, I'm not playing with the Patriots, and he forced his way out and went to Tampa. Like, he knew what he was doing. Yeah, and it's, it's Because crazy. imagine imagine if Gronk would have played with Mac Jones in, in New England. It would have been not a great season. It would have diminished part of his legacy. He goes with Brady, wins another Super Bowl. His legacy is even higher now because of it. Yeah. But all yeah. and honestly, Brady made Gronk. I'm gonna get that's honest. Gronk was good, but no, Brady nobody, made him more. Nobody will disagree with you. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm I'm tell you, and, and y'all gonna hate me for this. And I, I've always felt like this, and I'm gonna continue to feel like this. Gronk, uh, Gronk is to Tom Brady as Algie Crumpler was to Michael Vick. They de- he depended on that tight end to make those plays because they was either double teaming on the outside or they were scheming or something like that because you can't blitz them if right. you blitz them, it's just gonna eat you up. Yep. So it was just it was it's it's, it's those things like I I I didn't it's the it's the it, it wasn't the the New England way it was the Brady way um, and I, players came out this year. And they said that it's tough to get people to come to New England. And I believe this is why they had to let Bill Belichick go. Because nobody wants to play for Bill Belichick because they don't like his rules. And it's really hard as a player to adhere to those rules and you're not winning. Mm-hmm. Like it's not producing a winning culture. I understand right. y'all got six Super Bowls and y'all did all the things that you're saying that um, um, we did. We got six Super Bowls. We go to the Super. I mean, we go to the playoffs every year. We're in the AFC Championship game uh, year in and year out. And for so long, everybody said it's the Patriot way. It's the Patriot way. It's the Patriot way. Tom Brady leaves. He goes off the um, um, Tampa. Tampa. Yeah. Did you call it Tampa? That's a Tampa. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he goes off to Tampa and wins another Super Bowl. And What's crazy is, is Robert Kraft came out this year and said that he had talked to Bill Belichick before they let Tom go. 
and said, hey, Bill, do you think Tom has a little bit left in him? And Bill was like, in so many words, he's done. And he was like, he goes on to Tampa and wins another Super Bowl. So, well, and I think that's part of the reason why Belichick had to be let go because even Kraft came out and said, he's like, I can't just take away his GM rights and just leave him as coach. Like, he, it's either all or nothing. And that's because he, he he's been the GM in New England for the last 25 years. So uh, he's been the head coach. He's had both, both jobs. So everybody came through him. And uh, so that is um, – that is part of mostly part of the, the reason why they let him go because like they don't I don't think they want him doing the uh, personnel decisions and stuff anymore as the GM and like if you're gonna take that away you might as well take his coach because he ain't gonna want to coach those players if he doesn't have that control. So with you with, with saying that with saying that Garrett I'm gonna I'm gonna jump back over into Dallas real quick because this is this ties in really well on the GM. So New England now is looking for a GM and a head coach. They won't ever give them both. Correct. How do you fire the GM over in Dallas? Because if you're firing coaches, right, you're firing coaches because the, the GM is doing a horrible job finding coaches. When do you fire that GM over there? I think you fire him if he's wanting to re-sign Dak. You know who the GM is, don't you? Jerry Jones. Yes, I know. I'm I'm saying like as the owner, what like if Jerry Jones wants to resign Dak, he should fire himself as GM and hire somebody else. So you think Dak is done? Now? I don't think I don't think. Well, he has one more year under contract there, but um, I don't think that Jerry Jones will hire Belichick. I don't think they would do well together. I think they would butt too many heads because Jerry Jones gets favorites. Bill Belichick doesn't. So I think they would butt heads. I don't think Bill Belichick's coaching style work in the National Football League anymore. Mm. I, I don't. I don't Depends on the players, but yes, it is tougher. Because I, I don't, I, I don't players nowadays are very prima donna and aspect is hard to deal with at times. Like that's why it's, it's surprising that Tomlin's been able to keep everything in check until this year. Basically, with Pickens just handles goes crazy out there. Yeah. I, I just I find it I find it very very interesting, man, because all the players that I've ever talked to that have played for Bill Belichick did not like his coaching style. Yeah. But because they won all the time, they accepted it. But Correct. now you look you, you look at them now and like, what does New England have? I mean they had Ezekiel Elliott that they picked up from the Cowboys who didn't really do much this year. Mac Jones has been Mac Jones. Forever. Is there anybody else in New England? New England's never had outside of Tom Brady and all the players that Tom Brady made, they didn't have any big names. Randy Moss. It's the only one I can think of. But yeah. they didn't get they didn't get heyday Randy Moss. They got Randy Moss when he was still really good, but not the heyday from the Minnesota days. I, I'm gonna tell you something, Gary. We should see Aaron I, act like Aaron Hernandez didn't murder the league while he was in there. Too short of a career. That he got out too boom. quick. <coughs> he left his team hanging. Gary, I'm gonna tell you right now, and I don't. I, if if we could pick a year, you just ignore that joke. No, that was such a good joke. <laughs> I was waiting for it. What did he say? I said he left his team hanging. <laughs> oh, God, That's I was rude. trying. 
I'll try to let D react. To I, I have I have friends, bro, that were friends with him. I know that. That I can't. That's why I'm not even. I'm not even gonna comment on. No, it, it no, it sucks. But again, it was it's a bad situation all the way around. But again, you know me. I don't believe there's any t- ever too soon in comedy, and I'm a dark comedy fiend. I love dark comedy. So. Yeah. And D'Angelo uh, claims to love it, but I'm starting to think he doesn't. After he just got soft on us right there. He did. How did I get soft, bro? I just didn't want to. I I was just moving on because I know that I have friends that was friends with him. So I don't want to. So then I you have the inside scoop. I do not have the inside scoop. I do not have the inside scoop. No, not at all. Oh. I, y'all forgot what y'all made me forget what the hell I was saying. What, what, well, really, I want to wrang- wrangle this whole conversation back into my original question. Anyways, the whole calling for a head coach's job after a playoff loss. What, do y'all think that's fair out of bounds? or And did that ever happen to any of the teams you were on? I think John Fox did. I think he the actually Fox. got fired after we lost the, the Cardinals. No, we had another year. Uh, and then he got fired after that year. When they drafted Jimmy Clausen, and it was a bad year. Yeah, it's that. That's a it, that's a tough situation to be in, man. Because this is what you have to understand, uh, Tom and Gary know this more than I than 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 anybody else. A team like the Dallas Cowboys, a team like now the Buffalo Bills, a team like uh, the Forty ers a team like. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs now, uh, the Green Bay Packers when Aaron Rodgers was there. Um, these teams are teams that they go out in the regular season and they, they're fine-tuning their regular season for the playoffs. Okay, so now you give us the Cowboys. You, Mike McCarthy, they just fired him. He'll get another job. He'll get another job with an Arizona Cardinal, a team that that would love to have the regular season wins to get into the playoffs versus a team to say, hey, we go to the playoffs every year. We need to start winning playoff games. So Jimmy jo- – I mean, not Jimmy Johnson. Um, uh, uh, Jerry Jones. I, 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 I keep saying Jimmy Johnson because I, I want to talk about yeah. it later because of the whole bringing the Cowboys back and Jimmy Johnson and, and Jerry Jones rectifying their little – situation there but i digress um those teams like the arizona cardinals the team like the new york jets um giants these teams would love to have a great regular season get us to the playoffs and you can let us down because we're not used to getting there so a jacksonville jaguars fell off tremendously gary like if we go back and we had a conversation when we had with week one, before week one started. Your teams, who you thought was going to be successful versus who you didn't think was going to be successful. I think I'm the only one riding high right now. Correct. I owe you $5. It's all okay. I didn't, for, I didn't forget. Okay. I would just, you know, I don't want no foul, man. I'm just letting you know. I'm just riding high over here, bro. Hey, I will say they did put a whipping on Cleveland. Yes. And it was – the thing is, like, again, I hate to always say this, but 
people were too high on Joe Flacco. You have to remember, it is still Joe Flacco. He played some good games, but it is still Joe Flacco. Like, come on. Like, I even when the game, I thought the Browns were going to win. I thought their defense would do enough to allow them to win. But I was like, I could see it going either way. I think it's a close game. I think the Browns could eke it out because they could control the clock by running the ball, and their defense could get some turnovers. Uh, and they just looked terrible. And Joe Flacco looked like actual Joe Flacco. And I think that's what people got confused, which it's, it's more of excitement. Like, they're doing well. Joe Flacco, he he won a Super Bowl, but he didn't win that Super Bowl. That defense won that Super Bowl. Joe Flacco like, was that good. Was I know. Good. That's what I'm saying. Like, But people were losing their mind because – he was throwing for three, 400 yards off the couch. Yes, great span, but that's not going to sustain. And I think that's what people get confused about on players. Like, oh, he's having a really good span. Yes, but t- teams are going to figure him out. Like, and that's what happens. And, like, Joe Flacco went back to throwing his interceptions and doing what he did, and that's why they got blown out. They didn't stick to their running and running game like they had. Now, again, would it have been a different story if they had Nick Chubb? 1,000%. That team's a different team when they have Nick Chubb. But – so with that being said, Mike McCarthy goes to Cleveland and has this. How many seasons is Mike McCartney, McCarthy in Cleveland if he makes it to the playoffs every year but never wins a playoff game? Eight years. <laughs> I think Stefanski Stefanski's going to stay in Cleveland because they keep winning. Like They're not going to fire him because they had such a long playoff drought. And he's been to the playoffs two times out of his three seasons. Like, gotcha. and one of them they had 11 wins. Like, he's not going nowhere. Now, if he goes out next year and wins two games, you might hear some clamors, but yeah. he ain't going nowhere. Like, yeah. he just got you out to the playoffs. Now, do I think it's fair to answer Time's question? No, I don't think it is. Uh, but it also depends on how many times, how long, like, how many times has this happened? Like, if you go into the playoffs, Six times in six years in a row, and you're a nine and seven team all six times, and you lose in the first round of playoffs. Maybe time for a change. You sure you can't like I, but that was the whole comp, the whole conversation we had about Mike Tomlin. You can't settle for mediocr- mediocrity over and over and over again. At some point, you got to get over that hump. Yeah, I uh, I saw something that was really funny this weekend uh, that I wanted to share with y'all uh, because the fans of the NFL. Um, Obviously, you know, this whole Taylor Swift thing. Um, got, I'm going to tell you how tired the NFL is of Taylor Swift. They're not. I'm going to tell you how tired they are of her, of her. They're so tired of Taylor Swift that Detroit showed Eminem three times and the fans were complaining that they were showing Eminem too much. Not only that, I'm going to tell you what I find very funny. And, Gary, you can help me with this. Tom, you can chime in on this, too. For I have never, Gary, never my NFL career seen a team hang a division banner. The Detroit Lions won their division, Gary, and hung a banner. Yeah, so I can't. I've seen it in other sports. The Tampa Bay Rays do it every year. The Tampa Bay Rays make the playoff. The Lakers just did it. They what? won an in-season tournament there. No, that is completely different. Don't even try to play. That's not different. That's the trash. Lakers, 
No, there's no the, one way. of the most historic franchise. That's like the no, they hung a banner for winning the first ever in season tournament. Yeah, that's bad. That's, that's like completely the Yankees, different. That's like the Yankees hanging a banner for hey, we made the wild the first ever wild card, uh, two team wild card in baseball. No, Yankees would never same. do that. Not the same. You just don't do that as a historic team. You don't do that because it's now a historic you moment. Don't try to take it away, Gary. It is not a historic moment. Your grandchildren are going to be like, wow, can you the, believe the Lakers won the first be gone ever? in five years. No, it'll still be going on. No, it's, it, it's, it's here to stay. It barely got approved for the next two seasons, and it's going to be gone in five years, and nobody's going to care about it. Besides anybody that's a LeBron fan. Nobody else is going to care. It's just stupid. I, 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 I don't agree with raising banners for that kind of stuff. The Rays raise a banner every time they go to the playoffs. Like, it's stupid. Like, so, so you, go, you raise a banner, you go to the playoffs and lose. Dumb. I, I saw the banner, Gary, because I, I, I'm pulling for Detroit. Yeah. I'm pulling for Detroit because I feel like that city deserve, deserves something to cheer about because the only thing Detroit has ever had to cheer about is Barry Sanders. Eminem. So, huh? Eminem. Bro, I'm talking about. The greatest sports. rapper ever. I'm talking about sports, Gary. Um. Like Eminem can't carry everything in Detroit. I, I'm saying from a sports perspective, anytime you talk about Detroit, you talk about Barry Sanders. You don't even talk about the, the Lions themselves. You talk about Barry Sanders. He's probably the most polarizing Detroit. Li no, not probably is the most polarizing um, uh, um, football player to ever play wow. for the Lines. And then you, had, you had Barry Sanders and they followed up, up with Calvin Johnson. How do you have two of the best players at their position retire early in your franchise because of how big of a shit show it is? Yeah, but, but how do you fix that though, Tom? You you can't you can't fix it. You can't fix it by saying, okay, we're gonna get better, we're gonna go out here and get better players, because your idea of better players may not be the idea of better players of what that player is I'll give you a case. I'll give you what I'm talking about. As a running back, I, I can't tell you, hey, go out there and get that quarterback, man, because I think he's amazing because he may not fit our system. So as a running back, all you care about is if the O-line blocking or not. So you, your main focus on, okay, if they can block and none of them can block, not, not, none of them can block. I, I, I still – that's the one thing I've yet to find out about the quarterback spot and the running back spot. Let me tell you what I mean by that. As a quarterback, Tom Brady, he had um, a lot of O-linemen of his make it to the Pro Bowl, make it all pro and put up some like amazing numbers because his ability to get rid of the ball. Well, Barry Sanders was running behind them, running for 2,000 yards. And none of his own linemen made Pro Bowl or All-Pro. So I'm I'm trying to figure out how to like how does it translate? If I'm having a good season, I shouldn't, you know, I know Barry Sanders is breaking 42 tackles a game, but at the same like your O-line is that bad that none of y'all made it. None of y'all. It was just him. Just him. And Tom Brady's back here. He's making guys on his O-line all pro, all world all this, and as a running back, I can't do the same thing for my O-line because they're that ass. 
Think about it. Bad. Think about that, bro. That's wild to me. Every running back well, that you've seen out there, every, here, every running back that you've seen out there, Adrian Peterson, when he went for 2,000 yards, every running back out there that was close to 2,000, Chris Johnson, all of those guys, they had offensive linemen that were all pro uh, and pro bowl guys. Yeah. Well, I think you answered. I think you answered the question with the broken tackles because, you know, it's a difference of are you having to do all the work as the running back to get these yards, or are the or is the O line opening up massive holes for you that you're just running through? Whereas for somebody like Tom Brady, you're getting rid of the ball so quick, your O line doesn't have enough time to show if they're doing their job or not. It just looks like they are. You know what I'm saying? Okay. You, so there's. There's not a, a time frame of uh, or a window for you to like let the offensive line show that they're actually being bad. <laughs> so. Okay, that, that that makes sense. I just wanted to let you know that I'm I'm hoping Detroit uh, makes some noise. I mean, I know that they've they they beat the Rams. I do think oh, I think it's I, I think it's Detroit, San Fran, and the uh, championship. That's why okay, I, I got. I got to tell you what I said this weekend, Gary, and somebody stopped me and said, you're wrong. And I, I must, I'm going to make this comment, and you can take this comment however you want to take it, and then I know we got to end this podcast. Uh, I said that Aaron Donald is the greatest defensive player to ever play in the National Football League. And like before I could get the words out of my mouth, it was a guy that was like, no, he isn't. He's not even close. And I go, what do you mean he's not even close? That goes, he's not even close. LT is the greatest defender or defensive guy that they'd ever seen. Obviously, it was an older guy. Yeah. Um, and I go, bro, have you seen Aaron Donald? I said, Aaron Donald plays defensive tackle, and he led the league in sacks at defensive tackle. Like, every year he's putting up 10-plus sacks at defensive tackle. Double team, triple team. Like, this dude, they was like, yeah, it's because of the scheme he's in. But I was like, I, you you obviously don't watch football. He was like, no, they do a lot of stunts up front. I go, okay. All right, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. So, with my, with my statement, Gary, do you agree, do you disagree, and why? Um, I would say if who if it came down to who is the best defensive player of all time, that would be the two I would say that's your argument between those two. For sure. Um honestly, the thing is it's it's the same argument you're gonna have with anybody who comes with basketball stuff. Whoever you grew up watching is who you're gonna be predominantly leaning towards. Like we didn't grow up watching LT. LT was great, yes, but we didn't watch him. We grew up watching Aaron Donald. Like, we know. Like, we played against him and stuff. Like, we have a little different perspective in that aspect. But, like, it's the same thing we talk about with Jordan, LeBron, debate. You could do the Babe Ruth versus Hank Aaron versus all It's who people grew up watching, and that's who they get ingrained in their mind as the best. And it's hard for people to decide, no, this guy is better than the guy that I grew up and idolized. It's hard for people to understand that. And it's hard for the newer generations to understand maybe my player's not as good as those players. But all you can look at is the way they affect the game and 
what they did when in the time that they played. Aaron Donald in less years has basically the same amount of stats at a harder position to get it because LT was an outside linebacker. He didn't get he got double teamed occasionally. Aaron Donald gets double teamed every play. Yeah. So it's a different aspect, so it's hard to compare those two, but the stats are crazy similar. Like, so I think you would have to give that to Aaron Donald in that aspect. Yeah. What about you, Tom? Aaron Donald is a freak. That's all you need to know about that. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's just honest. If you've seen some of his lifting videos, I know there's tons of strong guys in the NFL, but there's a difference between, like, strong and, like, freakish strong. And when you combine freakishly strong with athleticism and just he obviously has a very clear, you know, concept of how to play the game, that's going to be hard. Because I, I think Miles Garrett's a lot, uh, you know. See, that's the argument you can have right now. Miles Garrett, is he the best defensive player? No, I think T.J. Watt is. Obviously, I'm not talking about Aaron Donald. I'm like, like, people are making that thing in the last two years because of defensive, like, MVP type stuff. I think T.J. Watt has better stats than what Miles Garrett's done, and he deserves it. So, 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 I guess, I guess when we talk about defensive player of the year, are we, does, do we talk about wins and losses, or we just talk about your impact on defense, your individual performance? Because if, if, if we're talking about defensive player of the year, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you who I'll give it to. Sauce Garner, I'm giving it to him every year. I, I understand that the Jets are not winning the way that they're supposed to win, but this guy's made two All-Pros back-to-back in his first two years. Uh, he's holding receivers to stupid low numbers. I, I just the, – the same numbers – Stephon Gilmore won Defensive Player of the Year, and his numbers weren't even as close to what Sauce Garner is doing. But the fact that they're not winning. So I'm trying to figure out what's the criteria – to win the defensive player of the year, because I understand TJ Watt can have 46 sacks, Gary, 46 sacks, and they team can go seven and nine. Does he still win defense player of the year? Or does it, those sacks have to translate into wins? You can't control what the offense does. If you do your job on defense, you should, you should not be affected. It's the same thing. Like, like people always say, okay, how do you determine if a quarterback can go to the hall of fame? If a quarterback puts up the numbers, he should go to the Hall of Fame. He can't control if they score 38 points and the defense allows 41. He can only do what he has to do, and then that's what you should be based off of. It shouldn't be based off of anything else but what you physically do. Yeah, you're going to make plays. You're going to put your give your team chances to, to win, the interception, sacks, fumbles, all that kind of stuff. If you're doing that and your team still doesn't win and they put three points on offense, that's not your fault. You can't play offense, too. So I think you shouldn't be penalized because your team does bad. That's that's my problem with the Heisman stuff. There's players out there that have better stats than people that win the Heisman, but because their team doesn't do well, they don't get the credit. They can't control every player on the team. They can only do what they're supposed to do. And if they do that, why should you get penalized because your, the rest of your team's not as good as you are? Because, yeah. like, you say Sauce Gardner. It's the same thing with uh, – you could have put Nandi Asamora with when the Raiders or Rivas yeah. Island. They can just choose yeah. not to throw to you. 
Yeah. And then your numbers are skewed because you don't have as many pass breakups or interceptions, but they're not throwing to you. So if I'm only getting targeted two times a game on the whole year for whatever receiver I'm covering, I should get something because of what I'm impacting that game. We could still lose the game because they're throwing to the other receivers going off on the other side, but I can't control that. I can only control the guy I'm responsible for or my position. I think that gets lost on a lot of things. Uh, it's hard. It's hard for people to understand that and see that. Yeah, I think that's that's a huge part of it is just the impact you have because if you're cutting the field in half for a quarterback, that's gotta be that's gotta be huge. And for... and, 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 and this is what's even crazier. Y'all do know that like as good as Deion Sanders was, he only won defensive player to you one time. Yeah, but he never got the stats because nobody threw to him. That that's go, that's going back to what you said. Yeah, cut off one half of the field where you can't throw the ball over there, and he doesn't get credit for that impact. Correct, which sucks. But I think he would get credit for that impact Hall of Fame time, the with the most important accolade you can get. Gotcha. But then there's also other players that have a short spurt, do really good, and they get that accolade when they probably shouldn't have been in the Hall of Fame. A la Terrell Davis. <laughs> Eli uh, Manning. I don't want to get Eli's in. not in, but he's going to get in. And I don't but think Eli, Eli's it. a top six uh, yards passer. Like, his numbers say he should be in. That's the thing is he has the Trash. numbers ahead of Troy Aikman and all these other guys. But your counter argument could be, well, the game has changed. We throw the ball a lot more now. You do all that kind of stuff a lot more. So you're, the numbers are going to be inflated, especially now with the 17 games. All these numbers are going to be inflated. You're going to pass all these guys that are in the Hall of Fame now or pro or whatever, uh, all that kind of the Hall of Shrine, all that stuff, because you have more games to get that stats out. So. Yes, Eli Manning is 10, but he's still trash. Yeah, but Ben Roethlisberger, is he a Hall of Famer? Yes. Ben Roethlisberger's fifth on passing. I know, but I'm saying, like, it's, they're the same type of player. Stats-wise. No, stats-wise, they are. They're very similar. I don't know. Eli just feels worse to me. <laughs> <laughs> but they both had the same amount of championships, too, right? Yeah. And that's what's crazy. is like, how were they the team that beat? And I've, obviously, this is personal to me because I'm a Randy Moss, my favorite player of all time. So when they lost that Super Bowl, and he didn't to, get his ring to lose that perfect season too. Oh, I was uh, I was gonna say, Gary, um, and we can go after this, uh, and you don't have to pick why. I just I the the Randy Moss that I would pick, the, I would pick the New England Patriots Randy Moss over any version of the Randy Moss because he balled that year. I That was his greatest season of all. Even his rookie year, Gary, when he came in and he was throwing his hands up and he became the Moss. Out of all the seasons that Randy Moss ever had, I'm taking the New England Patriots version of Randy Moss over any of his Vikings. Uh, so Randy. My my problem, my question to you, though. Yeah, so I, I agree. It was his best statistical, well, second best statistical season. But he had Tom Brady, like you said. Like, 
he he had a better numbers when he had Dante Culpepper, who's the lesser quarterback. Would you not want that when he went for 1,600 yards and 17 touchdowns? Yeah, he went for 1,493 and 23 touchdowns, but he had Tom Brady. <laughs> like it's. I'm just saying, Gary. I'm taking the New England. I'm taking the new which which version of Randy Moss are you taking? He said that was Randy uh, Moss. I'm taking. I'm taking the the. Let's see, two, four, six. The first seven seasons of Minnesota, Randy Moss. <laughs> guaranteed. Yeah, to, I, guaranteed I, to get you 1,300 yards receiving, no matter I, what. Right. I see what you're saying. Touchdowns. I see what you're saying, D'Angelo. But yeah, that's that's a product of having playing with the best quarterback of all time. Are you give. That's what that's one of the things I say to people all the time that compare you know him to Jerry Rice and I'm like if you'd have given Randy Moss, Joe Montana, Steve Young as his quarterbacks for most of his career, his numbers would be a fool. Yes, he had the Michael Jordan effect on Dante Culpepper. He made Dante. Dante Culpepper was probably gonna end up in the hall one of these days. It'd be if he does. It'd be thanks to Randy Moss. Y'all it's true. Thank y'all for joining our podcast. We out. <laughs> you are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast, featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast, featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage.